All right, y'all, welcome to the Scott Horton Show. I'm the director of the Libertarian Institute, editorial director of Antiwar.com, author of the book Fool's Errand, Time to End the War in Afghanistan, and the brand new Enough Already, Time to End the War on Terrorism. And I've recorded more than 5,500 interviews since 2003, almost all on foreign policy and all available for you at scotthorton.org. You can sign up for the podcast feed there. And the full interview archive is also available at youtube.com slash Scott Horton Show. Hey, guys, on the line, I've got Eric Sperling from Just Foreign Policy. How are you doing, Eric? Oh, pretty good. Uh, hopeful with everything going on in Yemen. Yeah. And I'll have you people know that Rick Sterling and Eric Sperling are two totally different dudes. Now, um, although you both write good stuff. Yemen, it's the biggest deal in the world, and we finally have some real good news, huh? Tell me good news. Well, it's certainly the most hopeful moment in the past eight years from perspective of many uh, say anti-war activists, at least in the U.S., and also for many, uh, many people in, in Yemen, um, you know, that the Saudis may finally be ending their military intervention and, and the related blockade on, on Yemen's air and sea ports. Great. And so, you know, I talked with my buddy Nasser Arabi, who's a reporter from Sana'a, who I've been interviewing really since the war started. And this is, I guess, what, two, three weeks ago now. And he was just having a great time. He was just happy to tell me, yeah, it's over. And it's, you know, the Houthis are talking directly with the Saudis. The Saudis are prepared to officially recognize and accept the Houthi regime. And so... Pieces breaking out all over. There's still some loose ends to be tied up, such as the UAE's relationship with Al-Qaeda and with the Southern Socialist Separatists and all of that. But um, it looks like the major motive of regime change has been canceled. So that really is kaput, huh? Well, that's certainly the hope. I mean, I think the indications are that that would be the case, but there certainly are many groups, including some indications that folks in, you know, senior folks in the U.S. Uh, administration, you know, are not thrilled with with this deal. Um, you know, I think U.S. policy had basically sought to, to use the Saudi war and blockade as leverage in talks that would weaken Houthi you know, control of the country and, and in doing so, in their view, weaken Iranian influence. Um, but the Saudis appear to be, um, you know, essentially, you know, open to giving in to most of the concessions that the Houthis wanted. Um, and, you know, I think there are still forces that are, are going to be urging them to say, you know, don't give in just yet. Um, you know, you know, get, you know, use your leverage to, to get to make some more gains for, you know, some of the allies of, of the U.S. Um, and the West in Yemen. Um, you know, there's a whole series of, of NGOs that the West has funded in Yemen that uh, they certainly want to be part of the agreement. And as of now, uh, those kind of Western-backed groups uh, are, are kind of on the outside of these talks. And, it, and it's really become talks directly between Riyadh and Sana'a. Um, and, but of course, you know, as, as your listeners know, uh, this has been the major focus of activists here, which is ending the U.S.-backed, Saudi-led war on Yemen. Um, you know, I think both libertarians and people on the left can appreciate that we want Yemen to be able to chart its own course free of foreign intervention. You know, I always say, 
you know, these folks are from the country. Their grandparents are from the country. They speak the language. They're going to be the best ones to chart their own path. Um, of course, that's not a, the prevailing view in, in the U.S. power uh, centers uh, where, you know, despite all the evidence, somehow, you know, we continue to have uh, a better sense of what should happen. And, you know, we continue to think, you know, U.S. policymakers continue to act like they they can best chart the course for these faraway countries that we know so little about. Um, so that's sort of the the split right now is, um, you know, whether, uh, you know, whether the, the foreign intervention component will come to an end. Um, you know, and then the Yemenis will figure it out or or whether, you know, these talks can be can be leveraged, you know, to continue kind of that that Western influence in Yemen. And I think that's kind of a big open question, but it's looking pretty good. Certainly the most hopeful we've been in the eight years I've been working on on Yemen. Um, and so you know, there's a lot of a lot of hope at, at this moment. Yeah. I can see the worry, though, when the headline reads, Jake Sullivan discusses Yemen peace talks with Saudi crown prince. Just when they were going so well, the Americans show up. So I guess well, it we'll got see. even worse than that, because we saw that Brett McGurk, who's known as one of the most hardcore kind of Iran hawks and, uh, you know, just one of the most hawkish individuals is a holdover from Trump administration. Um, and he is in the region uh, as of a few hours ago with other U.S. officials. Uh, so they are doing a full court press. Uh, there's Lender King, the, the special envoy who's been criticized uh, by many in the anti-war movement in the, in, you know, in the U.S. Well, just to be clear, He's what do you mean by full court press? They're there to stop this from happening? That's certainly not going to be their public messaging. Um, their their public messaging will be we want to support the talks, but when you when in their messaging that you're going to see something very commonly talked to as uh, referred to as you know an inclusive or comprehensive peace deal, a and what that means is uh, you know because there's so many forces inside Yemen that were propped up by the Saudi war, if the Saudis get out without securing the interests of those groups, those groups will have very little leverage. Um, in, in talks domestically. And so there's a fear on these U.S. officials, you know, in their mind, they'd say, well, we don't want the Saudis to abandon all of these factions that they've propped up without securing their interests in talks. The, the risk there, of course, is the same risk that's led to the eight-year war, which is that the Houthis might not be able to, might not be willing to agree to those terms um, to give these kind of foreign-backed forces inside Yemen a significant role in the new government. Uh, and so they that may ultimately lead to the same thing that's that's led the war to drag on, which is just a lack of agreement. Um, as of now, the Saudis very clearly appear to be leaning in what we think is the, the best direction, which is just end the foreign war on Yemen, let Yemenis, you know, figure it out, uh, you know, according to the balance of power that exists in the country without foreign intervention. But you know, that's sort of the split that's happening in sort of the Washington, you know, you know, between the anti-war folks in Washington. And you've been kind of supportive of, of those of kind of the coalition of groups there and kind of the more powerful, influential administration folks and, and, and you know, quote unquote, Yemen policy experts um, that they're close to. Yep. We've seen Biden ruin the end of a war before, so I guess it wouldn't be too big of a surprise. All right. So at least. Give me some good news about what's happening at the port of Hodeida as, say, compared to before. Eric, could you do that? 
Yeah, well, we don't. So that's the thing. We don't have um, Hodeida port news just yet. Uh, the Saudis are talking about uh, and, and have indicated that they would be part of the deal would be to lift all of these restrictions that have essentially led to major cost of, you know, food, just general cost increases for Yemenis. So in Yemen, it's actually not a shortage of food. It's the cost. And the Saudi blockade is a major driver of that. What they have done is they lifted restrictions on the southern port. So a lot of us uh, didn't even realize the extent to which the Saudis were blockading the southern port, which is controlled by the Saudi U.S.-Saudi aligned forces. But this blockade was so cruel that they were even had a, a pretty strict blockade on their own allies' port in the south of Yemen um, as a way to just ensure that um, you know no certain goods could not get to the Houthi-controlled north. Um, so those were lifted, and that is a step forward. But we have not seen progress just yet. Um, there's a lot of indications that, you know, they're planning on a full removal, removal of the blockade, but we have not seen that deal announced just, just yet. And so there's a lot of optimism, uh, because, you know, the Saudis, it, it, you know, it just seems like they are in the mood to, to transition out of this militaristic approach, um, in light of the China broker deal that they're going to be looking to try to engage diplomatically and also economically in the region in a way that they haven't been able to as much um, due to the proxy war between uh, Saudi and Iran. So, but that said, we still have not quite seen it, but it, it is a very hopeful moment. And I think, you know, we're, we're, you know, cautiously, but extremely optimistic, I would say. Okay. So where do we stand as far as the activist movement here in the United States trying to end this thing? War powers resolution still, or we got to have a better idea than that now. Yeah. So, you know, basically there's going to be two things that will come out of these talks, um, either what we hope uh, will happen, um, which is that the Saudis will essentially make a deal that lifts the blockade, ends, you know, guarantees an end to airstrikes and exits Yemen. And in exchange for that, the Houthis will uh, presumably agree to not do anything to harm Saudi Arabia's interests or Saudi, or Saudi territory in particular. But um, you know, and so that was the end result that we hope to achieve with the war powers resolution, which is an end to the Saudi intervention. So essentially, the Saudis will be doing what we sought to achieve with the war powers resolution. So in that instance, it may not be as as critical to to proceed with that. Um, but if the talks do somehow break down, then we're very likely to see a resumption of the full on war between the Sana'a de facto government of the Houthis and Saudi Arabia. Um, and if that were the case, then we would be very, very focused once again on, on the war powers resolution. So, so much of it is going to hinge on what comes out of these talks. And I think every Yemen watcher or activist is, is kind of glued, glued to their screens right now to, you know, for every piece of news we can get out of these, these private talks. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, China, Working out this new peace agreement and this whole new, I hope, unless America can still screw it up, this new modus vivendi between Saudi and Iran sure should help. I mean, it seems to maybe be the backbone of this whole process. What do you think of that? Yeah, and it's actually interesting for, for libertarians, too, because it, it kind of brings us back to, you know, this idea that, you know, economic, you know, relationships and and 
you know, doing business um, is a smarter way of doing things than, you know, doing war and conflict and proxy war. And I think that's that is the shift that China, you know, for as authoritarian as they are, you know, that is their general approach is, you know, you know, minimize differences, uh, focus on economic and other cooperation, uh, which will, you know, bring a people's quality of life up and reduce tension. So, you know, I think it's it's if this this certainly the current progress in Yemen is certainly uh, a result of kind of the general approach that China is is pushing in the region, which is that cooperative, uh, more more cooperative and business focused approach. Um, and so, yeah, I think you know the U.S. When we see they have many many officials in the region right now, um, like as we speak, it's just all dropping as of a few hours ago, and and uh, I think they're very concerned about some of these countries, which, you know, we used to think of as client states of the United States. You know, they were completely dependent on the U.S. for their security and and even much of their economic relations uh, and economic activity. And, and now that's no longer the case. And so, you know, the U.S. Is, has sent everyone they can, as far as I can tell, to the region to to see if they can shore up that those relationships and, and keep these folks in kind of in the U.S. orbit. And it's just a really fascinating historical moment on, on many levels. Well, folks, sad to say, they lied us into war. All of them. World War One, World War Two, Korea, Vietnam, Iraq War One, Serbia, Afghanistan, Iraq War Two, Libya, Syria, Yemen, all of them. But now you can get the ebook, All the War Lies, by me for free. Just sign up for the email list at the bottom of the page at scotthorton.org or go to scotthorton.org slash subscribe. Get All the War Lies by me for free. And then you'll never have to believe them again. Hey, y'all, Scott here. Let me tell you about Roberts and Roberts Brokerage, Inc. Who knew? Artificial bank credit expansion leads to price inflation and terribly distorted markets. If you've got any savings left at all, you need to protect them. You need to put some, at least, into precious metals. Well, Roberts and Roberts can set you up with the best deals on silver, gold, platinum, and palladium. And they've been doing this since 1977. Hey, if you just need some sound advice about sound money, they're there for you too. Call Tim Fry and the guys at 800-874-9760. That's 800-874-9760. Or check them out at rrbi.co. That's rrbi.co. You'll be glad you did. Yeah, well, in a way, thank goodness Joe Biden is there and not someone more capable of doing the same job, you know? Yeah, I think that the downside is, um, you know, there was a, a recent piece out um, in the Washington Post. I mean, and it showed that, you know, Biden for his, you know, his, his terrible role in, in being the kind of the lead Senate Democrat, um, in a sense, pushing the Iraq war. You know, he did have periods over recent decades where he was, you know, not he was kind of on the more restraint oriented side, um, including kind of pushing back against the Afghanistan surge, uh, uh, urging against the Libya war um, and a few other instances. And so it, in a sense, it's, you know, in the Washington Post article kind of flagged that even in Ukraine, he's been the one most likely to say that the nuclear risk is very severe. Part of that's probably helped by that he was a lucid. I think he might have been an adult uh, during the Cuban Missile Crisis, so that helps. Um, but you, you know, so in a sense, it's it's good. It's not someone more hawkish and capable. But on the other side, when the president is 
kind of out of it, um, it gives a lot of power to these unelected bureaucrats um, who who have a ton of ability to, to kind of shape outcomes and 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 you know and limited. If he has President Biden has limited energy to get deep into the weeds on these issues, then that just means more power for unelected bureaucrats. So it is still a problem, and we'll have to see kind of what that means. As, as Brett McGurk is in the region and the Yemen envoy Tim Lenderking's in the region, you know they're really going to have a lot of ability to, to shape this and. You know, we'll have to see what that means. But, it, you know, it hasn't been good uh, until up till now. I mean, we have Blender King was appointed early in the Biden administration over you know, two years ago. And there was very limited indications that until now, until the sudden kind of Chinese broker deal, there were very limited indications that they were going to find a way to, to resolve and end the Yemen war. Um, and so uh, but so, yeah, I would say. You know, in a sense, it's it's great. It's not a more capable, hawkish uh, uh, president, but you know, and it, it it tells you a lot about our country. You know, Biden, who you know, rock war advocate at the time, is is maybe one of the least pro-war people in his administration, which is troubling. Yeah, well, and he sure gives them plenty of free reign. It looks like to me, but I see what you mean there. Um, it could. Yeah, and you be look worse. at this administration. It's like. You know what diplomatic deals have they managed to secure? I mean, they they blew the Iran deal, even though Iran was adhering to it. Um, well, know, and it was their been... deal. I mean, they were the ones right. who helped to do it. I mean, it was John Kerry more than them, but still, they were in on it. Yeah, so you don't have a deal there. You know, we don't see much of a push um, for diplomacy in 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 Ukraine. Um, you know, you don't see. Uh, you know, Yemen was was pretty much stagnant until the sudden breakthrough that, you know, I think the evidence is China facilitated that. And, um, you know, so you really, ha- you know, you look at, you know, North Korea, there's nothing there. I mean, there's major warnings coming out about escalation there. Um, I can't even keep all of the, the, the conflicts, you know, the potential threats and risks um, in, in my head at one time. There's just so many. So, you know, we don't even have a return to, say, Obama policy on Cuba. Um, you know, or even Obama policy on Venezuela. It's all still mostly Trump policy uh, with regards to those. So it's just really amazing how few, how, how poorly this team has done as far as the Biden team has done as far as diplomatic achievements that, that reduce tension or reduce yeah. human suffering abroad. When they went it's back really to stunning. Yeah, and they went back to Obama's policy on North Korea where they could have built on the progress that Trump was making. And instead, they went back to the permanent cold shoulder and increased tensions there, more military exercises and all that. Yeah, I mean, so it's just, you know, this administration, you, you hope that someone could get through to, you know, to Biden and say, is this really what you want your legacy to be? Uh, do you really want your legacy to be, a, you know, one where tensions escalated in, in almost every, you know, either were maintained or escalated in in many um almost every area and and you know i don't think that's what his intent was i mean i think he you know did again he did have growing skepticism you know over the recent decade or two about things like libya things like syria and yet you know the i think it is a lot of the you know there are a lot of these unelected bureaucrats that have their own agenda and it's certainly not an agenda that really any normal person, any normal American can understand or see as valuable. Um, and so, yeah, and then you have, of course, major escalation. You know, we're still continuing to escalate with China as well. So you just have across the board escalation and 
um, you know, you hope it, it is at least a, a huge relief to see that there's another actor in the world that is promoting peace, you know, for as repressive as, as China is and for their many flaws, at least their impact as of now seems to be positive in the international international arena. Uh, and so that's, <laughs> we're very lucky in that sense for that, because otherwise, the you know, if it was a totally unipolar world and, and this was all we had, it could be in a very dangerous place. That's the most disgraceful damn thing in the world, but it is what it is, and I'll take it, man. This has been an absolutely nasty war, every bit as bad as Iraq War II, and Lord knows there'll never be any accountability for it, but at least it's coming to an end here, it looks like. So I agree with you, though. It it remains to be seen whether the Americans can find a way to screw this up. So, um, Yeah, so everyone should pay. I know you're... you're you know, your base, your, uh, uh, you know, audience and, and followers have been huge in terms of the impact. I think everyone can, can see it online that, that this kind of libertarian left coalition, you know, the, but the, the part that you bring and, you know, it's been huge in terms of creating pressure. And so, you know, I know a lot of those folks are, are very sharp and we'll be following this and we'll be ready to try to see this war to, to an end. Um, you know, it's not every day we end a war in America. Um, so, you know, it, feels, it would feel really good if we could say, you know, this U.S.-Saudi war on Yemen uh, is finally over after eight years. Uh, in eight years, I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah, Afghanistan took us 20, you know, eight-year war. If we can get it done in eight, that would be, that would be pretty great. Well, we're probably just switching sides again. There's going to be more al-Qaeda guys than ever to kill there, but... It still would be way better than this attempted regime change, which has just amounted to a genocide inflicting famine on these people. And just this, I'm not promoting the terror war, but I'm just saying the war for terrorism has been way worse than what preceded it. Um, but anyway, so listen, um, not that again, not that I'm in favor of that, but so on ending the, um, the uh the current war making sure that to you know that we can do whatever we can to provide pressure what do people do we call the white house switchboard or we look up just foreign policy you got some kind of yemen campaign that's still going on that people can get involved because it's not over yet we don't want to get too satisfied here and um so um let's end with what kind of activism you're doing and other people can get involved in here and how they can get involved yeah, well, I think definitely continue to follow uh, your Twitter page. You're always on top of it. Also, you know, we're at just, uh, you know, handle is just FP for just foreign policy. And we'll keep updates, you know, with the talks ongoing, we're sort of in a wait and see mode, um, you know, so I think, you know, but the basic focus is, you know, attention on the White House to make sure that, you know, they don't uh, get in the way of a deal, um, urge them to support uh, a Saudi uh, Yemen deal. And, but, you know, so I think if this deal does happen, you know, I think we'll be pushing for the U.S. to um, essentially support reconstruction efforts in line with, uh, you know, to try to make sure Yemen can actually recover from this horrific war. Um, we, you know, their ports have been destroyed. They don't even have capacity to import everything that they're going to, that they need to be importing. Their infrastructure is destroyed. So that, you know, if the war does end and we finally win that, then we'll move on to accountability, reconstruction accountability. And I do think another focus will have to be, you know, what was, you know, reviewing the U.S. role in this, in this horrific conflict. Because if you remember, this all began, you know, Tony Blinken was in Riyadh. April 2015, announcing 
accelerated U.S. support and targeting assistance for the Saudis. And, you know, so I think, you know, that will be the focus will turn to kind of reconstruction and accountability for U.S. officials that were involved. Uh, you know, and if the war doesn't end, which is possible, I'd hate to say it, but, you know, then we'll be right back at it, uh, you know, working to cut unauthorized U.S. support for the Saudi war. So I think everyone should just stay tuned, obviously stay glued to your your page and um, check us out on Twitter at uh, at just FP. And we'll you know, we'll just be updating uh, as as we all learn what comes out of these talks. OK, awesome. Well, thanks very much for your time, Eric. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Talk. All right, you guys, that is Eric Sperling from Just Foreign Policy. Steady at it on the Yemen issue for you there. The Scott Horton Show, Anti-War Radio, can be heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA. APSradio.com, antiwar.com, scotthorton.org, and libertarianinstitute.org.